I've been real concerned about something. I've been praying about something because it really bothers me. A lot of people, uh, a lot of churches are closing their doors. Mrs. Harden knows one, and she knows what I'm talking about, but it's, it's sad to me that uh, I'm talking about Bible-believing Baptist churches that's just closing their doors. And here's what is taking place in a lot of them. A lot of people think that God is just in big churches. But uh, years ago, Dr. Tom Malone helped me a great deal in just sitting down and talking with him. I like to talk to men that's been through problems and been through things. And men of God, and I was talking to him one day about, boy, I wish we had a big church. And he said, now, preacher, let me explain to you something. God loves little churches, too. And he said, in fact, there's more little churches than there are big churches. And they're all across this country. And uh, God's in them and blessing. And God's seeing people saved in small churches just as big as they are big churches. But what is happening, and it's been going on now for a couple of years, that uh, a lot of the smaller churches uh, went into debt that's the reason I thank God, and and I know I had a preacher sit right here on my pulpit one time. He looked at our congregation. We had a building full that Sunday. He said, Preacher, if, if I had what you have right here, and your people following you like they are, and God blessing this place, he said, I'd go in debt, and I'd build me a big auditorium, and I'd do this, and I'd do that. And I said, it ain't going to happen to me. Because uh, I was at a church where that we was running uh, a good crowd, about, we was running a thousand in church and Sunday school, and the pastor built a four thousand seat auditorium and went in debt, and they called it deficit spending. Spend five million dollars to build an auditorium, and then you get the people in to pay for it, rather than get the money in it and pay for it, and then get the people. But uh, I just don't believe in that. I don't believe in. Uh, getting yourself in such debt uh, because uh, you build a building and you build great buildings for a big crowd and then your crowd goes down and the buildings rattles, so to speak, uh, that uh, people's not there. And uh, I'd rather have it paid off, amen? And by God's grace and y'all's giving and people's giving this church over the years, we don't owe anybody anything. And I thank God for that for this reason. If we did, if we had went in a big building program and went into debt, uh, right now we'd have to close the doors. Uh, just because we don't have the money coming in to do it. And I know uh, that people don't want to talk about money. They come to church and they... Uh, if you start mentioning asking for money, that's, that's all. I know one man come to, quit coming to our church. Every time you come to church, you take up an offering. You talk about money. If you know me, I don't talk about money that much. God blesses. Amen. But at the same time, I see this happening now that a lot of these churches years ago went in debt and built big buildings and things and had good congregations, and now because of the virus or whatever, they can blame it on anything in the world. But I believe it's the devil's work uh, that just keep people out, out of uh, church. 
I was talking to little Ronnie a while ago on the phone, and I was reading that thing I read to you Sunday night about a church member. You know, he goes fishing and everything else, and said, "Bury me that way," you know. And uh, but you know what? The more I read that little thing that I got uh, out of a magazine, that uh, people's got every excuse in the world for not coming to church. And I've heard of them this past two weeks. I mean, you just name anything you want to mention, and they can tell you, I can't come, preacher, because of this. I can't come, preacher, because of this. But if you close the doors on Wednesday night, and you close the doors on Sunday night, what's wrong with Brother Strong? What happened? How come you're not having church on Wednesday night? How come you're not having church on Sunday night? How come you're not doing Well, anybody, you know, come. No, I just believe in keeping the doors open. And the Bible says, where one or two are gathered in my name, there I am also. And I believe that. It don't take a crowd. It takes a few people that wants to serve the Lord. Now, I want to read you something, and, and, uh, and I want to stick to this, if God's willing, all of my life, as long as God let me live. And that is the main thing, the, the consuming passion of a child of God ought to be winning the loss to Christ. Now, I want to show you how. There's, there's two people that uh, I read in the Bible about a great deal and I'd love to pattern my life about after them if I could. Number one is the Lord Jesus Christ. If I could pattern my life after the Lord, that'd be nine. Number two is Paul. Paul was one of the greatest preachers in the Bible. And, uh, and he preached the Word of God. But what consumed Paul and what Jesus talked about all the time was winning the lost to Christ Jesus. And I want you to listen just a few minutes now as I read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want to begin to read, please, in verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Father, we ask you to bless thou the reading and studying of thy word, because, Lord, we know it never fails. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Several years ago, there was a man, there was a preacher down in Louisiana that uh, got saved, and God called him to preach, and, and uh, man, he was a great preacher. I mean, he, he really had power with God. God was using to win people to Christ. And he read this portion of Scripture, and he used this portion of Scripture, and he got to the place, he said, I'm going to go down to the bars and get drunk with the rest of them bars, people down to the bar where I can win them to Christ. And I'm going to go down to the, uh, the place of the hookers, and I can win those hookers to the Lord. And the first thing you know, he's out of the ministry, and he's gone. That's not what Paul's talking about here. Now I want you to watch this. He, he said, And to the Jew I became as a Jew, 
that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them without law. And he went on talking about all these, that, those that weak and so on. He said, I became weak. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about sitting across the desk, if you could please, and a man on the other side of the desk, and here I am, a preacher, and he comes in and he said, Preacher, I'm an alcoholic. Can you help me? You know what a lot of preachers want to do, a lot of Christians want to do? They want to look down on that person. And they say, what a terrible creature he is. He's a drunk, he's an alcoholic. That's Paul said, no, you put yourself in his shoes. If he's a Jew, put yourself in the Jew's shoes. Understand what a Jew believes. Understand what they believe about salvation. You know the truth. Now put yourself over there in his shoes and explain the truth to him where he can understand it. That's what he's talking about. He becomes all things to all people. I remember one time believing Jehovah's Witness to the Lord. And when I uh, went in, she invited me in. I sat down with the Word of God. And she said, now, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I said, that's fine. I just want to talk to you a few minutes about the Lord. And I sat there at her table. And I got the leaders of saving faith in the Lord. And you know, I, I knew enough. I'd studied Jehovah's Witness doctrine. And I knew enough about that religion that I could show her that differs in the Jehovah's Witness religion and accepted Christ as her Savior. In other words, I put myself in her shoes enough that I could understand how to lead her to Christ. We should do that to everybody we meet. Everybody. I, uh, it's strange to me that you go knock on doors and a Catholic will come to the church or come to the door and the first thing they want to do is say, I'm a Catholic. Like that settles everything. I mean, just right off the bat, I'm a Catholic. That settles it. Don't talk to me no more. No. You need to understand something. Understand the Catholic needs to be saved too. Amen. Just like anybody else. And the Bible makes it clear. So uh, these verses reveal to us the consuming passion of Paul's life and ministry. Paul lived and was willing to die for the salvation of souls. There was a constant burden resting upon him that others might be saved. Paul longed for the salvation of others and was willing to go to any trouble of inconvenience in order to get that person saved. Look with me in Romans chapter 9 for just a minute. Romans chapter 9. I'm going to begin to read verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I might have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were cursed from Christ for my brother, my kinsman, according to the flesh. Romans 10, verse 1. Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That's when you read Paul's life and you study Paul's life, that was, that was his consuming passion. It was to see other people saved, and especially the Jews, his brother. The supreme object in every Christian life should be the salvation of souls. Now, this was a... Uh, Master's passion in our Savior, the main passion in the Lord Jesus Christ's life. Listen to this, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In John 9, verse 4, I must work the work of Him that sent me while it is day. 
uh, the night cometh when no man can work. First Thessalonians 1 verse 15. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now, that's what Jesus came to do uh, to save sinners. That's His commission. And He gave it to us. John 20 verse 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. What I'm talking about is, everywhere that we go, everybody that we meet, we've got to look at them as a potential to be saved. I was in the store just the other day. I told you about it, I think, Sunday, but I got the best blessing. I walked in to pay my bill and uh, just to get a cold drink while I was in there. And I asked the lady, are you a Christian? And she said, yes, I am. We just got a, just a conversation going. Everybody's in line waiting. I was in the grocery store just yesterday and uh, talking to a lady, and she, I just asked her to come to church. I said, let me show you something on YouTube. What's going on in our church? We'd like for you to come. Everybody back, just shut up a minute. I got something you'll do. Amen? That's what I wanted to say. But the truth of the matter is, that should be our compassion. Everywhere we go, everything we do. Now, every soul we touch then is regarded, but it's to be regarded as a potential Christian. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22, Paul said, All men. John 3.16 For God so loved the whole world. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says Christ died for all. Paul could proclaim the gospel to all whom he could reach. Did you know that my wife led Mrs. Hugo's mother to the Lord? She was a Catholic. She went over to her house and got the leader to the Lord. And and we I could show Mrs. Goodson's mother. She led her to the Lord. And just, we, just on and on and on, we could mention people that we've got to lead the Lord over the years that uh, just to, because we care for people's souls. And every Christian ought to be that way. That means then we're to be on watch for those at work, at home, while traveling, everywhere, anywhere. We're to adopt every means available to secure the salvation of a soul. Think of the Savior's journey from heaven to earth and to Calvary's cross to secure salvation. Second Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. You know what that's saying? You know, the, the hardest thing in the world to do you might not believe this, but it is to reach a, a rich man, to lead a rich person to Christ. But you know what? I've got to lead nine presidents of companies and chairmen of the board to Christ Jesus. You know what it tells me? The rich need to be saved too. Amen? And it's just that simple. John 4 verse 4 said, And he must needs go through Samaria. Wait a minute, the Samaritans don't have anything to do with the Jews. But Jesus said that he had to go through there. As one man put it, if we would get others in, we must put ourselves out. Now, this calls for sacrifice, persistence, determination, 
and it will result in success. Psalms 126 verse 6 says, He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his seeds with him. The most any servant of God can do is save some. I like what old Dr. Harold Sadler said. He said, I might not get one every Sunday, but he said, I get one once in a while. And I never will forget how he said that. Amen. He's just as sweet as he can be, but he loves souls. Romans 11, verse 14. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. I was reading just uh, the other day in Acts there where uh, the disciples got on to a man that was preaching or, or imitating the disciples and they went to Jesus and said, oh Lord, uh, get him to stop that. You know what Jesus told him? Leave him alone. If he's preaching Christ in contention, leave him alone. Let him preach Christ. At least they're hearing about Christ. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 14, As also you have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as you also see ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. I love it. The success of the gospel is dependent upon it obedience to those who are entrusted with it. That's the reason that I, I tell everybody I believe the old King James Bible is the Word of God. And if it is the Word of God, you don't have to change it. All you got to do is proclaim it. And by the way, you haven't got to explain it. You haven't got to get into detail. The old devil, the devil's greatest tool, at least was for me, using against me was, now, somebody's going to ask you a question that you can't answer. If you get out there and visit people, and, and if you witness to people all the time, uh, you've got to be ready to answer every little bitty question. Do you know all these years, that's never happened to me? Nobody's ever asked me stupid questions. And, and so, uh, the devil hey, just tell them how you got saved. Just tell them how good the Lord is, and let them understand they need to be saved also. That's the compassion of soul. The gospel is still the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. Acts chapter 1 and verse 16. Amen. And what I want us to do is get out of that burden or in that compassion for souls. And we'll see people say. I was talking to Ronnie today and I was rejoicing. You know that YouTube out there thing we got on TV we show you? It's, I looked on it a while ago just before I come to church and 904 people watched it since Sunday before last. And I said, Ronnie, I know why most of them look at it, all right? They want to hear you sing, all right? But I said, just think about it. If just a handful heard the gospel and got saved, look how God got the glory for it. Amen? That's what I look at. If we could just have a few, just once in a while, see one saved, it's worth it all. Amen? Stand with me, please. Yes, ma'am. I had not been able to go and witness out in the world and walk the streets, but I have a thing I'm doing now. 